I mean, it doesn't seem good that massive garbage piles the size of Australia are just floating out in the Pacific Ocean, but it's not quite clear why that's bad. It wasn't to me. And if you really think about it philosophically, hmm, don't we need waste? Why do we understand it as bad? Hello, and welcome to Why Are We Talking About Rabbits? That's this podcast. Sometimes I like to think it's, it's, it's like for folks who are in the Matrix, but that'd be weird because then you wouldn't get the concept of the show because you got to be out of the Matrix, I guess, a little bit to understand that the Matrix is at all. But anyway, on this show, we use theology, history, philosophy, and our experiences at First Things Foundation. That's well, it's a nonprofit where we send people to live overseas. Think Private Peace Corps. Well, we learn a lot in this place we call the old world. We bring it back and put it on this pod in the form of, I don't know, historical, thoughtful, philosophical conversations. Heavy things done lightly. That's Watar. Why are we talking about rabbits? And today we talk about garbage. Something happened. Uh, this, this something always happens. And it, whenever I travel long distances to go and see our folks, this, uh, latest little gig, I don't know, a gift given to me though. It is tiring to fly halfway across the world to Mozambique. This last little gig was a site assessment in Mozambique, East Africa. We've been invited to work. Mostly what happened was is garbage happened. And then it didn't. Yeah. It was on this 10-day uh, assessment with a guy named Josh in a town called Karane in a place in northern, north-central Mozambique near in a region where the capital is Nampula that I had weird thoughts. I just couldn't shake a certain conversation in my head and that conversation was about garbage detritus trash things left over i talked about leftovers two podcasts ago and now i want to try again because the things we have as leftovers i think they tell us more about ourselves than the things we actually consume. So energy, I kept thinking, creates waste. That's a science concept or something. It's a law of sorts. Something light people, like my pal, Uncle Seth, who's coming on the show next week, by the way. You know, it's something Uncle Seth would be comfortable with. It's an equation. And in that equation, I think we can say that energy has a positive connotation. Like, having energy is good. Like, you'd like to be called energetic if you were having a fully light person conversation at a coffee shop. You know, you, right? Like, low tea isn't a compliment. Low energy. Hey, that guy's super low energy. Let's hire him. <laughs> no, energy, having it, spending it, it it's, has a positive connotation. Waste? 
Yeah, not so much. Negative. Waste. Negative. I think. Like, urine. Urine seems bad. Few people think urine. Right on. It's toxic. But we need it to live. Or we need to have it, at least for a moment. I mean, dead men produce no urine. Dead men produce no sweat. There's another waste product. I think we need that too. What about fumes from our cars? We need that. Well, we need that in order to run the engine and move around unless we want to walk. You know, waste connotes things negative, even though we need waste to live. And speaking about living, can I take one moment, run some music, Andrew. Can I take one moment to tell you about some high living, some fun, first things wants to have down at a benefit concert in Naples. Roll, roll that music, Mr. Producer. Yeah, join us first things, folks, and some incredibly, incredibly talented musicians for a first things benefit concert. That's right. Our very first benefit concert on Saturday, December 4th in sunny Naples, Florida. Our lineup includes guitarist Brunus Charles recently nominated for a Grammy, Georgia Hears, and some of her most vaunted friends from various locations around the world. They'll come down and they'll be joined by a band from Chicago named Hilltop. They'll be joined by some delicious food and drink on Saturday, December 4th in Naples. Learn more about this concert and our other activities, including overseas travel, at our website, www.first-things.org. First Things Foundation, trying to do what we ask of others. Come on down and see us in Naples, December 4th. So, waste and negative connotations and energy, these are the things that I was thinking about on my trip to Mozambique. In rural Africa, though, there is very little waste. I mean, it's not rural farmers who set out to chop down every last tree in the Sahel. It's not rural farmers that spew clouds of emissions into the dying atmosphere. Rural Africans are not responsible for massive continent-sized islands of floating waste in the Pacific. Rural old worlders don't produce the need to create massive garbage collection companies with crazy trucks that have arms and that come sighing and squealing down your road at 6 a.m., snatching and throwing rubber garbage cans around. Yeah, old world rural culture does not produce all types of waste management. Nope, it's pretty simple. First, there's very little of it in rural Africa. And second, you just go bury it. You know, put another way, rural old world farmers, they really don't contribute much to the man-made ecosystem apocalypse. No, that's not an old world worry. It's not really even on the radar. It couldn't be. The old world, 
that mind isn't capable of devising the desire necessary for such an apocalypse. And that's a whole nother podcast. The desire to create the products that create the waste, that's at the core of the problem. And in the old world, what you see all the time is that desire, well, of course it's there. But in so many ways, the cultural expectation is that it be tamped down. Hmm. So, having thought these things there in the Mozambican bush, it led me to another thought, however, on the other end of the trash, I don't know, blame game explanation. I had this thought often walking around. Shouldn't there be more waste than what I'm seeing? Shouldn't there be a conversation at the chief's office about building some sort of landfill? And that, trust me, is not a conversation taking place in Karane in northern Mozambique. But you think maybe there should be that conversation. Like, it could be that having a waste problem could be a sign of good times. I think you might be able to argue that the old world needs to waste more because they would then have produced more. Hmm. Does that argument sit well with you? Because I kept having that thought. And on this show, that's what we're trying to do. Just talk about heavy things lightly. So why was waste bad again, I kept thinking? Is waste bad because we don't know what to do with it? Hmm. Is it bad because you can't make it into something to consume? Do we hate waste for irrational, deeply embedded psychological reasons? Like, I feel like that's a Jordan Peterson podcast. Is there something that's, that, that creates disgust? And the nature of waste itself is negative because we can't help it. I mean, it doesn't seem good that massive garbage piles the size of Australia are just floating out in the Pacific Ocean. But it's not quite clear why that's bad. It wasn't to me. And if you really think about it philosophically, hmm, don't we need waste? Why do we understand it as bad? Well, I then, in the midst of all these thoughts, landed in South Africa on my way out of Mozambique. And if you've been to South Africa, you know that it's a very new world place. Johannesburg is Amsterdam with lots of black people. Really, though. Malls, superhighways, casinos, clubs, well, lots of waste. In just two nights in South Africa, coming and going, I filled up two garbage cans in my hotel room, and I didn't try to do this. It's not like I went to the hotel room trying to get a box of food filled with plastic, wrapped with it, it, wrapped sandwiches placed in another box, then wrapped in a plastic bag. Yeah. My, my sandwich was going to the moon, basically. By the time I ate the food up in my room, safe from COVID, apparently, I'd left a mountain of cardboard and plastic in my hotel room trash can. I mean a mountain. And what about the waste I was producing running that air conditioner? I mean, where does all of that Legionella water go? What happens to all of those R125 emissions? 
And forget about the amount of waste generated at the little minibuses, right, station where I would take the minibus back and forth from the airport, like just me and Josh sitting there, not more than once, right? That black bus running back and forth in a circle, where'd all those emissions go? I mean, waste. How much exactly? Uh, I didn't, I don't know, but I did do some research. And at epa.gov, you can find out that South Africans produce just about four pounds of waste per person per year. Sorry, per day. Ha! Americans, five pounds of waste per day. Let me just say that again. South Africans are down the line. Americans, five pounds of personal waste per day. And we're not even first, we're third. Second, Bulgaria. It's weird. I know, I didn't, I didn't think that would be the answer either. Andrew, were you thinking that was going to be the answer? Bulgaria? Number two? Who's number one? Can I get a drum roll? The number one most wasteful country in the world per person, per day, Canada. What? Canada. Yep. Canadians are looking at nearly six pounds per day, per person, per, per year. For some context, on the subcontinent, Indians produce just about one half a pound of waste per person, per day. That puts Canadians at more than 10 times as much as Indians. Americans also 10 times as much. Yikes. What about Africans? What about, let's go with East Africans. No, let's go with West Africa. Let's go with Central Africans. Can't go with any of them, guys, because there is no data on that. It appears that no one in the green movement has lost any sleep wondering how much waste individual Africans are producing each day in rural Africa. That's not a thing to worry about. And still the question persists. What is good waste? And how much should we produce? Like, shouldn't human expertise, human creativity, experimentation, curiosity, ingenuity, shouldn't it all end in a little waste? Couldn't you go so far as to call all the light people waste a symbol of success. And maybe that would reduce all the crying in the world about waste. I mean, after all, you could look at it as success. But then that made me think about this, the theory of entropy. Entropy is the idea that all actions, outputs of energy all the things you do that you actively do, they lead to a certain type of degradation, to breakdown that ultimately leads to a state of inert uniformity. I think inert uniformity here is probably a fancy way of saying death. All activity leads to breakdown, to waste, which leads to Death, the law of entropy. A very new world scientific theory that describes the material world pretty well, I think. I mean, give it a thought. 
the more you jump up and down on your knee, uh, the more you wear out your joints. And over time, the closer you get to ruining your legs and therefore your back and your body, and eventually you got it. Death. If you think like this, then more productivity does accelerate waste, and in the end, death. It's how the world works. At least that's how it's purported to work since the light people revolution. Or, or put better, that's how it's defined by light people after the revolution we call the New World Enlightenment Revolution. Maybe it has always worked that way, but we just have a name for it. Entropy. And I'm here to say, I don't think so. Not exactly. I'm sure that it's a thing. It's been proven after all. I'm not, you know, in that scientific way, using Francis Bacon's scientific method. But I don't, I don't think that's how it works altogether, at least not in the lig, which on this pod we call old world. No. In the old world, there was a continuity of thought, a certain cultural commonality that put spirit and the notion of a god at the center of, well, everything. And in those old world societies, the Mayans, the Vikings, the monotheistic faiths, in those old world ligaments, religions, the, those, the, the world views that held together what we think of as religious viewpoints, in those worlds, God was eternal. It, whichever God you chose, there was an eternality to the, to the, to the deity. God was the end of things, yet God was also the beginning of all things. God was oddly eternal. In Hinduism, to enter into death was to re-enter the divine. And then, well, we can look at ancient Christianity. The culture of Christ introduces a different law of nature, a weird counter-law of nature that describes a type of waste that actually, well, it isn't waste at all. It fuels life. This way of seeing things left over. And here's what I think I mean, but I'm working it out. Spiritual work, expending spiritual energy, is an act of anti-entropy. It seems that the culture of Christ teaches to this very day that spiritual growth is waste-free. Expelling spiritual energy, prayer, let's say, creates uh, increase. It creates increase without decrease. Think of the work done on the cross if you're a Christian. Well, you can think about it if you're not. Actually, Uncle Seth, give it a thought. What is the spiritual waste created by Christ's work up there dying and then down there being resurrected? Is there a spiritual garbage that we can pile up in some spiritual waste basket and then dump it somewhere? 
Is there a spiritual ocean that we can dump all the spiritual waste that we create? What does the development of hope in the soul create uh, in terms of waste? Other than increase, what does the acquisition of love create in terms of waste? What about telling the truth, becoming clear-minded? What about acquiring right, clarity, being able to see the truth? What is the spiritual waste emitted? Hmm. What does this type of work produce in terms of waste? I mean, I, 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 we have discovered the ultimate super product, perhaps, that I'm talking about, this thing called prayer or spiritual work. Is it the super product because it lacks noxious emissions? Is this the one type of energy that will never threaten the ecoverse? Is spiritual work the one kind of energy that will not ever threaten the ecoverse? By the way, I made that word up, but I feel like it already exists. Don't you, Andrew? Ecoverse. Have we found the super product, spiritual work, that never threatens the ecoverse? I don't know. I don't know the answer to this. But with this in mind, it could be that when we infuse our material activities with deep spiritual insight, we might, with the spiritual activity, we might just be reducing our noxious emissions. And as I thought about that on the flight home a couple of weeks ago, I thought how often our New World light people activities purport, like brag, about being secular, devoid of spiritual energy. And we've been doing that for like 300 years. I thought about how our activities like Take pride in, this is a neutral activity, come one, come all. And I think maybe that product's going to be just garbage in the end. Like, can neutrality, something not infused with the spiritual work, can it actually do anything but create garbage? I mean, we're in a society that endeavors to literally cut out Christic energy from most of its public activities. Man. And I wonder how long a society can produce products, right, before these kind of secular products, not infused with any kind of Christic energy or even Hindu energy for that matter, or any spiritual energy, but let's go with Christic energy because I'm one of those. How long can we go before we just create a whole load of garbage. Isn't it interesting? How long can we light people go on creating such neutral produce before, well, we drown in the garbage? Hmm. Flying out of a nation that produces almost zero pounds of waste per capita, looking down on a pristine Sahel, I was overwhelmed with these ideas about waste. And I'm thankful for them. And I hope they are somehow meaningful 
for you too. Can we save the planet by producing more soul-powered products? Less wasteful products. Hmm. And can we avoid being totally destroyed if we continue to produce neutral products? Products lacking the infused brilliance of the super product called spiritual work. Hmm. Gagimarjos. Shenny's Gagimarjos. In fact, that's victory. Well, it means to you the victory, which is the eternal victory over all that ails you. Gagimarjos. That's our pod for today. Thank you for coming along. I hope that was helpful. This pod is produced by Andrew Schwark. Hi, Andrew. Daniel Paternos assists him from time to time. We are First Things Foundation. We are the creators of this nonprofit that goes out and tries to serve local people and just work with them on their best ideas. So if you like that, we do it for two years at a time. If you like that, join us on our website, support us, and know one thing. We love you for Nakfamdis, hasta luego, kambufo. And here's one that I like to say, au revoir. From Wata.